0: Welcome to Five Things. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Mark Culkin and, and Greg Katz. Guys, we're talking USC's 35-31 loss to BYU, drops USC to 4-7 and seven on the season, officially eliminates them from uh, bowl ele- gaining bowl eligibility. They've got one more game uh, at Cal. But before we move on to that, let, let's talk here. Uh, as always with Five Things, we're going to kick it off with our, our first thing, which is the player of the game. Greg, go ahead and, and go with your player of the game.
1: Well, there's a number of candidates. Uh, first of all, let me just uh, congratulate USC's football team for coming to play. I thought in the second half, they did a great job. Uh, my player of the game overall was actually Tyler, Tyler Alger from uh, uh, BYU because he had over 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He I haven't seen a power back like that at the college level uh, since uh, probably to TUPU of, of USC. I, I was absolutely impressed. And let me tell you, SC tattooed him left and right. He did. I mean, he took some big shots, which was a credit to our to our defense, I think. They came to hit. Uh, but he was really a difference maker. He would get them first downs when they needed. Although, let me just say that I was impressed with Jackson Dart. He got better as the game got going. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of promise for him. And, and also a little shout out to uh, uh, Malapai, by Malapei. I thought he was just wonderful in there. Uh, but I'll have some further thoughts down the road. But those are kind of what stuck
0: out to me. Okay, great. So, so uh, Mark, Greg went with the entire USC team, the BYU running back the USC running back, and the USC quarterback. So if there if there's anybody left, go go ahead and, uh, and give us your, your player of the game. It's
1: inflation. <laughs> We're under an inflation situation.
0: Let's just start separating
2: the wheat from the chase. So let's just get Vivai, and I'm going to put him up, give him one more vote. Uh, I, I think for, for Vivai to come out on senior night uh, and, and get that opportunity that was kind of taken away from him earlier in the season and to perform the way he did, Uh, was special. And Eric, you were there after the game in the press conference. Uh, It got emotional as well when that question was asked uh, of Vivai what it felt like, um, you know, to to get this opportunity after, you know, kind of, you know, being replaced on the depth chart, so to speak. And it got emotional. He had to kind of gather himself a little bit. And there were a lot of onions in the room because it wasn't just Vivai who felt it. Um, Dante got emotional. I found myself getting a little emotional. Um, so, you know, we, we have to remind ourselves that these are, you know, we, we call, I like to refer to them as young men, but they are, some of them are still kids, and it is a game, and, you know, for everything that these guys have been through, um, I think it's all starting to, to come to a head that they realize that, you know, their time's up. So to see if I go out strong, even in a loss, um, he's my player of the game.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to back that up. He, I, You, you got to go with him. It, it was senior night, and and it's been an interesting year. When the captains were selected at the beginning of the season, the thought was, you know, there was a lot of talk, Keaton, Keaton Slovis is not one, but the guys that got picked, th- those are leaders, and then you look around, and you're thinking Ben Griffiths is the only starter at, at this point of, of your four captains. When Drake London goes down and, and Vi kind of gets – Bumped by Keontae, and, and Isaiah Mao is, is getting bumped by uh, Kalen Bullock a little bit there. So to see if come back, scores a touchdown against UCLA, and then wanted to get him another yard. Not, but 99 yards rushing, a touchdown against BYU, and just just running really hard. If you could have maybe a do-over for him, that third down right there at the end, to be able to kind of cut a little bit without, without the stumble and, and get upfield a little bit. But uh you have to love kind of the the energy that he brought, and just kind of being able to take his turn and and sit for a while, and then come back and and be ready to go when his number was called. I, he's he's one of those guys that will was easy to root for his entire career here. Will be easy to root for uh, wherever he ends up and and whatever he ends up doing in in football or or outside of it. So um, again, a, another game, but on senior night, Vi was was fun to watch. And Greg, I'm going to, I'm going to echo you here. Jackson Dart, it, you know, that's, that's a good veteran BYU team that gave a true freshman USC quarterback two years ago, a lot of trouble in, in that offense and USC scored a few points in that game, but picked Keaton Slovis off three times and and once in overtime. And Jackson Dart looked, he looked in control for a lot of it. There were some kind of scramble plays and, and where he let his athleticism sort of take over. But, uh, a a good showing um, from him there. We're going to go to our second thing. And uh, Mark, we'll start with you here. And and that's the play of the game. Uh, Go go ahead with yours.
2: Yeah, I want to go back to um, USC's defense had actually kind of risen to the occasion, forcing BYU into a field goal. And unfortunately, there was an offsides call. BYU took their own points off the board. And one play later, uh, they put a touchdown up on the board. Now, it really didn't have an impact on the game because USC eventually came back and took the lead again. However, um, it was that type of, I don't know, maybe aggressive approach uh, that I, you know, BYU just stuck with it throughout the game from beginning to end. I mean, they were calling timeouts at the end of the game when they didn't need to. So um, it was just a continuation of seeing how another team approaches the game. And that caught my attention. Again, it was it was like, hey, rarely do you see a team take points off the board because they still had a fourth down in front of them. But they took the gamble, they risked, and they scored a touchdown.
0: And that's so, four points.
2: Four four points wing and a four-point. Okay, what is the difference? And so maybe it was the difference in the game. I, I take yeah. it back.
0: And that's the second time this year that USC jumps offside on a field goal. The team takes points off the board and scores a touchdown on the next play. Stanford uh, did it earlier against USC. Greg, go ahead. Your, your play of the game from this one.
1: Well, it was so so much of a reminder of what happened the week before against UCLA. Uh, Trojans got right there into it, and here comes a hundred-yard kickoff return. It's like it just just melted. Everything changed, and I felt that in the fourth quarter when uh, Algiers fumbled. The ball was picked up by uh, Dallin Holker. Uh, and went even further upfield, getting close to the end zone. Of course, they score the touchdown uh, by the young kid who hardly ever plays at all. Uh, and I felt that that was just a game changer. It, it put pressure, you know, a lot of it's on pressure and uh, in close games. And uh, I, I just said, you know what, sometimes they say good teams win close games and not so good teams lose close games. It just seems like, even when they're trying so hard and they're really into it and they're really competing, that was the type of play that, you know, they, it was just fate and that's all it was. Uh, Somebody picked up the ball. They, you know, I saw it at different angles and it just happened. That was my play of the
0: game. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a, I think an eight yard run that turns into a 30 yard gain once the fumble gets added in and that drive is six plays, 62 yards, all of it on the ground. And that was a, that was a huge touchdown. And, and that we talked a, l- a little bit before jumping on and doing this, that, that was the play that stuck out to me too, but I'll, I'll go with the one that kind of decided it. And, and that's the fourth down throw um, Jackson dart to Gary Bryan. And and you need six yards and you get a five yard, a five yard completion. And, and it's one of those things where you understand that, that not every route is going to be run perfectly. There's a defense there that that's shoving and bumping and, and you can only takes so much but boy that that's one of those that's tough and i know gary bryan is gonna say boy i'd love to have another shot at that would love would love to be able to get those because they ran kind of a a similar thing for a touchdown earlier 10 yard touchdown um but this time you know byu's ready for it and, and can't quite get there and it felt like it felt like Jackson Dart was gonna be able to do it, was gonna be able to to lead that drive and and get that uh get that touchdown. So for me that that's kind of the play because at that point it's over. That that's the play that that ends the game. And that's again if if you're looking at USC's season, that's the season. It's it's coming up a little bit short and, and it was just it it felt disappointing but fitting kind of for for what we've seen. Um out of USC this year.
1: You know, I I felt, I felt Eric, if I could just add on that, you know, that's a freshman mistake that you don't know where the, the first down marker is, to be honest with you. Um, And uh, I I just looked at it and I just said, you know, he wasn't even close to it. It's not one of those things where you keep measuring it and you keep looking at, I mean, he was a full yard. It was, was no question about it, but uh, that one is, uh, he's going to think about this one for a long time. It, It probably
0: will never happen again. And a, and a big physical Drake London in, in that situation, he gets eight yards. He gets nine yards, right? You know, you're, you're able to do that. And I think that's one of the things we talked about, you know, players of the game earlier. And USC is playing this game without Keontae Ingram, without Drake London, without Keaton Slovis, with a, a banged up and, you know, trying to get out there Drake Jackson. If you had said at the beginning of the season – hey, you, you got to go play BYU without those guys, that, that would not have been a, a winning proposition. So, Greg, you mentioned it, and, and I'm going to get to it a, a little bit later, but uh, the way USC showed up in, in this game, especially kind of what you expected based on what we'd seen against Arizona State, what, what we'd seen um, against UCLA, and, and we're going to hit on expectation right now. The, the expected, anticipated thing uh, that delivered, Greg, we'll, we'll start with you on that one, our, our third thing.
1: Well, I expected that Algiers would give them all sorts of problems. Uh, I mean, the week before, uh, Charbonnet uh, did the same thing, and there, I, I think this guy might even be better. In but they're a different type of running back. Uh, but it was like you knew that if this guy started getting off, you know, eventually tackles would be missed and so on and so forth. Uh, but again, I, I, you know, usually I'm pretty objective with these things. But I give SC's defense credit in one area. They never stopped attacking him. I mean, that guy's a load. I mean, he is a man's man, an NFL fullback. Um, so I expected them to have problems with him. They did have problems with him, but they never stopped trying to. Let me tell you something. He'll be very sore on that plane right home. That I can guarantee you.
0: Yeah, Mark, go ahead with yours. Um <laughs> I
2: I don't know what to anticipate out of this team anymore. So, you know, I anticipated BYU actually winning by more than four points. So I guess there's a positive takeaway out of that, that USC overachieved. That's the only thing I can really offer. Because Greg touched on it. We all anticipated (laughs) BYU running the ball. They did.
1: Happy Price, go to your Happy price, price,
2: line. We anticipated the result; it was just a little bit better than we probably thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to steal yours, and I'm going to move into the fourth thing right there. I, I expected BYU to be able to run it, and and they ran it pretty well, 189 yards uh, on the ground, and they threw it when they needed to. Also, 276 through the air, and two touchdowns, a, a long one that. You know, you had USC safeties not able to make the play uh, on a couple of those, and and those were all anticipated. But as we go into our fourth thing, and and I'm going to kick it off, the surprise, USC showed up. They showed showed up with energy. They showed up and they played, and and you got that kind of initial burst, and then the fade, and you thought, okay, well, this, you know, this is the team. It, It resembles kind of the fan support that showed up for this game, which was, I mean, a a it it sounded like a BYU home game the entire time. The, time. the teams came out onto the field to the time the game ended as BYU is kneeling it down. Uh, it it being here in the Coliseum and hearing the crowd do that for an away team, it it felt like sound was being piped in. Was kind of the the feeling that you had uh, on that. But again, USC shows up. Played hard on senior night and played for four quarters. Gave himself a chance to win. This was the first time they had a lead in the second quarter or in, in the second half this month. Arizona State never never got ahead in the second half. UCLA never got ahead uh, in the second half for USC. So, again, I, I did not – I my surprise, the fourth thing here for us is that USC really showed up and and really put a lot of effort into this thing. I know there's going to be people that are like, you're pleased that they showed up in a four-point loss to a BYU team that USC probably should, you know, beat or play with, or, you know, that, that should be expected. Um, but based on what we'd seen and what could have happened after that UCLA game with just everybody kind of going in the tank, that, that was a surprise, and I thought a nice one for the program and the players and kind of everybody Involved, And so now that I jumped on that, we'll we'll go ahead, Greg, uh, your, your fourth thing, your surprise. Well, this is actually
1: one of my more favorite surprises of our series of surprises over these several weeks. And um, I was surprised, but I was angry at the same time. Um, The offensive line was really good. It was really physical. It did not look like the air raid offensive line that we have seen for two years, three years. This was an offensive line that was, and I this may go back to Dante, I don't know. They were running the ball like a USC football team, okay? Which tells me that this air raid thing has been a fiasco at the highest level. These players, I don't believe that players overachieve. If you can't overachieve unless you have that ability to begin with, okay? But what really got to me is the continuing pounding against BYU, the excitement that they weren't going to be that. Were they going to be the hammer or were they going to be the nail? They were the hammer. And I don't know what it was with Graham Harrell. Maybe he learned more than any of the people on that field how important running the football is and running it that made every USC I'm sure fan. And i I can tell you right now, every football coach that's watched it probably was going, uh-huh. This is, this was like a kind of like look behind the curtain. Maybe they weren't bad that, that a group. It was a bad fit scheme for this group. Uh, I don't think it was a fluke because I think BYU has got a pretty decent defense and they're pretty physical. And, uh, you know, I was watching, uh, You know, Dietrich is an example. Now, here's a guy that's, what, 6'2", about 280, 290. And he's going after people. I mean, he's eating people up. You don't see that if he's pass-protecting 90% of the time. Uh, You know, I don't care if it's the NFL. Very rarely can you just keep passing like that and and be effective. But my hat's off to this offensive line. I've been as critical as anybody else. And my hat's off to the coach, uh, you know, clay did a great job with them uh not the clay in 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 georgia i might add but what a what a great uplifting feeling i felt even in a loss that look you know what you allowed these guys to be the attacker and they attacked and i will tell you brigham young knew it and uh you know that last play i think uh, the you guys mentioned it you know Malapai, you know he he slipped i didn't think he slipped personally i think he couldn't cut back fast enough there was just a brief hole it would have been you know it'd have to be a reggie bush type of cut to go back into that hole in my opinion but uh surprise i was surprised they blocked as well as they did they were as physical as they were but i maybe i shouldn't have been surprised because i i can't stand the array if you didn't know already and it will be great when the new coach comes uh, and puts in a physical running attack because you know what? Maybe we found something, or at least something was uh revealed to all of us that some of us already knew. So, sorry for the rant.
0: No, yeah, USC 44 carries, 210 yards, two touchdowns, and, and 44 attempts on the ground, 35 uh, you know, passes tonight. And, and Dart had a few where maybe he scrambles where, where it's best called, but still, that that's a shift. Uh, that that we've seen that number of of runs called and and that kind of success on the ground almost five yards of carry uh, for USC as a team. Mark, go ahead. You're you're surprised from this one?
2: Yeah, I'll. I, I think Greg teed it up, but I'll I'll avoid giving the Graham Harrell response of a thousand words. Um, <laughs> they they use the run game. They use Greg. It's a joke. Um,
1: Mark, you, you don't see me grabbing an, a tomato to throw at you, do you? <laughs>
2: I am just so over with Graham Harrell's thousand word essay answers that just go on and on and on and on. So are
1: you the type of guy that counted how many times he says, you know, yes, I have. (laughs) So, um,
2: but you did, you teed it up, you know, the running game. um, I was surprised of how well they stuck with it um, because it was almost like they were trying to control the clock by not allowing BYU to have the ball as often, which obviously prevents them from being able to score as often as they probably could have. And then incorporating the tight end more and more as the season went on. I mean, Lake McCree today was the team's leading receiver. Um, And whether that was by design or it just, you know, happened organically during the game because, you know, Jackson kept finding him wide open down the seam. The tight end has been wide open down the seam all year. So, the fact that they found it, they used it, and it almost worked to a positive result this game. Um, yeah, that was my surprise. It, it took forever, game 11. Yeah.
0: Let's go to uh, fifth thing, and, and that's going to be biggest takeaway. Greg, we'll, we'll go back to you, your biggest takeaway from this one, the final home game of the season for USC.
1: Well, it's a home game, home season to forget. There's no doubt about it. In fact, my column on Sunday, just a little sneak preview, is the biggest – who I felt sorry for the most was the grand old lady, that, that the Coliseum, that had to sit there and, you know, figuratively just put its head down and just watch this mess happen. But my biggest takeaway was uh, adding onto my rant from before, just how much a scheme can make a difference in a football team, how much having players – you know, you got, you guys kind of got to me when you mentioned uh, uh, Favai Malapai uh, in the press conference and, you know, onions everywhere. You know, people were tearing up. Really, he was so misused in his career. Had he come along at the Pete Carroll era, he would have been a Stanley Havili. He would have been a guy that would come out, could do everything as a fullback, block, catch, run. Uh, and, he's not the only player I feel that's been misused dramatically on this team, but again, coming away with it, and I'll cut this short. uh, When you do something that doesn't fit the players, uh, you hide their potential, which is unproven talent. That's what potential really is. And I I just feel that, uh, you know, I I just wish when I see uh, Pavai and some of the others that they would have had an opportunity to play in a different scheme uh where you would have two backs in there and he doesn't have to sit while you know ingram comes back and let me ask you guys a question since they are on it ingram came out and i watched it the um the senior recognition are we to believe that he has not any chance he's coming back next year if he went through that the
0: heritage tunnel I, some of those guys could come back. This is Ingram's fourth year. Um, and, and so the, the COVID year allows people to be able to, to play that extra year guys who don't already, you know, haven't already used their sixth year this year. Um, so there's still guys who came out who will have a decision to make, uh, okay. whether or not to to come back. I, I don't think these were all declarations. Uh, I, I would anticipate a big chunk of the guys that that came out of that tunnel, not to be back with, with USC next season. Uh, Greg, I mean, sorry, Mark, Mark, we'll jump to you. Your biggest takeaway. Yeah,
2: I, I think it's just the the finality of the home season. Um, you know, we're talking about the emotions of everything. Um, you know, you saw players that were taking their time leaving the field after the game. Um, you know, Josh, you know, one of our, you know, on the, on, on, <laughs> on the on three site you know he's he was telling me in the press box you know he's he wants to stay up there as long as he can because this is his final game as a student you know so you know the season's coming to an end clay Helton moves fired um the season continued to get worse and worse and worse as far as you know wins and losses um i think the final takeaway is there's just one more game and you're just hoping that they show up in Berkeley next week with the same energy that they showed up with today Uh, because knowing that they are now – will not be going to a bowl game. Um, You're kind of concerned, you know, did they leave it out on the field tonight? So I guess that's my takeaway.
0: All right, so mine is – Instead of focusing on kind of this one and this season, I'm I'm ready for the new book and no disrespect to the, to the seniors. And I think we've talked about a lot of those guys and, and kind of what they've given and all that. Jackson Dart, Lake McCree, Michael Jackson, the uh, third Darwin Barlow, another, another young guy, Kalen Bullock, Xavier Alford. There are some young guys that as this season progressed did more and more and more. And you've got so many questions about next season. Uh, who's the coach? What kind of scheme? Who's coming back? Who's what? What's the roster makeup? All of that. If they can find a way to kind of smoothly transition into next year and and keep these young guys together and and involved and and on the roster and fit them in here, boy, there are some guys that that it is going to be really fun to look forward to playing uh, in 2022 and and getting these guys back. I didn't mention defensive linemen or offensive linemen in that. And obviously that, that's going to be, those, those are going to be discussions uh, that you need to have and, and figure out. But boy, we, we saw flashes in this game and, and the last few, a uh, lot of young guys there. And and that's kind of my takeaway from from this one and a couple other ones. So I think some questions to answer there, but but also some things very much to look forward to. Um, but for this one, this is going to be our last wrap from the Coliseum uh, as USC Drops another home game. This one, 35-31 to as, as BYU comes out on top. So for that, I was going to wrap up our five things look. For Mark Hulkin, for Greg Katz, this is Eric McKinney. Thanks for listening, too. Thanks for watching. We are SC.